Welcome to the Level Up Podcast, brought to you by Century 21, the Harrelson Group, featuring masterminds with real estate leaders, coaches, and influencers, plus eye-opening strategy sessions with up-and-coming agents. You'll learn exactly how to go from agent to entrepreneur. And now, let's get to the latest episode of Level Up. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to the Level Up podcast. I am your co-host, Brendan Payne. Greg is out today, but we are uh, we are excited to bring you a great podcast with uh, Bo Blankenship. And Bo is coming to us from the, the Gulf Coast of Florida down in, um, if you've heard of 30A, that's the area that, uh, that Bo covers. So, um, Bo, thank you for hopping on to the uh, Level Up podcast. Looking forward to it. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me on. Absolutely. So now I know you are you are part of Bo Blankenship Group, which mm-hmm. is within you have an angle in Volker, Volker's uh, real estate company there along yep. Florida, and then a team with inside of there. So for mm-hmm. those that may not know you, uh, maybe just give us a little bit of rundown on kind of your history in the business and and um, where you started and, and where you're sitting today. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so after me and my wife got married, we moved straight down here. I was playing sports at the time. After that ended, um, I went directly into real estate and started a property management company simultaneously. We ended up selling the property management company a few years later, but um, I was getting more and more into sales. I was with a boutique company. I guess this is, I guess, my sixth year in sales. And so grew the grew the uh, the sales side, kept growing, uh, you know, added an assistant and added team members. Then I think it was year three, I decided to start my own brokerage. I saw what the market was doing. So I wanted to bring an international luxury brokerage here. Um, so we so we partnered with EV. Um, so we brought them here, um, opened that up, went from you know seven agents to we're around 80 right now. Um, and my team, I've got a team of about six or seven people uh, within there. And we've hired a um, broker to help run the the whole brokerage because we want to service everybody we've got the marketing team you know onboarding team um you know director of operations all that so she kind of helps run the brokerage and then i i'm really sales focused with my team and really competitive in that environment and that's that's kind of where we are today okay so i'm gonna um, i'm gonna ask a few clarifying yeah. questions to unpack some of yeah. that because you just yeah. uh you just went through probably most people's career over the course of you've been doing this for seven years so so you you moved down to florida and yeah. how did you you opened a, a rental company you purchased a rental company why'd you get into that side um i just started i was scared to jump into real estate you know without some some like uh some income like guaranteed income or yeah. um you know sure thing so because real estate is scary it's like man i don't know if i'm gonna make it blah 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 blah. sure and so i was like I'll, i'd like to start something that i know is going to be some something we can kind of count on financially so i started that and then the real estate side uh really fed that so we built that up very very quickly um you know we grew it to i think 55 homes in a matter of like a year and a half or two years something like that um and then so so just started them together and just kind of partnered with them and um, ended up being approached to sell it, you know, two years after starting it. Wow. And so the rental management side of it, I'm, I'm assuming, were you doing that along 38 too? Is it short-term rentals? Yeah. All short-term rentals. And okay. Built the team, had a company there, um, you know, and so it was great. Um, but it's just, you know, we decided to, to run with that offer. 
Yeah, for sure. So in the big difference for, for those that are listening that have thought about like, how does somebody sell a, a rental management company in a short period of time? He's not talking mm-hmm. about, you know, you, you've got a 1600 square foot home that rents for $1,800 and you're getting 12% of the monthly, the monthly revenue, which, mm-hmm. you, can't, you know, you got to have three, 400 doors to make something yeah. like yeah. that happen. Yeah. You yeah. are in a resort market where you've yeah. got probably, what's your rental season? Probably eight months. Yeah, it's probably, yeah, that's probably about right. Okay. Yeah. So a, a big income opportunity fairly quickly, you built it, somebody yep. comes in and buys you out. By that yep. time, you see what's happening, the general brokerage and the sales. So you start leaning into that. You mentioned you mm-hmm. brought Angle Volkers in, and I'm interested mm-hmm. here, like, was that strategic? Because you said, I brought them in. And as a luxury brand, because that's yep. their that's their thing. Tell us about like yep. how, how did you make that decision? Because you could have went with um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So could have could have gone with anybody. Um, so I guess it was year two. I went on like a I think it was a two and a half million dollar listing appointment. Went, I didn't get it because they're like, Hey, you don't have a luxury international brand, so we're gonna go with this other person. And I ended up um, I knew I should, it should have been my listing. I had the buyer for it. I sold it a week later. Oh. Right. So I brought the buyer. They didn't give it to me. I sold it a week later, um, brought the buyer to it. And um, I said, man, if I'm going to not, if people are going to just choose me, not choose me because I don't have that brand behind me, uh, you know, I need to look at something. And I'm very, very competitive. And I uh, I like to build companies. And so I, you know, I interviewed with a few companies like Sotheby's was here and some other stuff. And um, I was like, man, I just want to do my own thing. And so EV just provided a lot of the tools we wanted. Um, you know, it had a great name. It, had, it was in all our feeder markets. Um, so mm. it was just a really, really good fit. So I decided to bring them here because I saw the way the market was going. So our price points were going through the roof. Um, you know, we're seeing just mega prices and people moving here from all over California, New York, Chicago, buying these, these homes. These homes, if they're going to buy them as investments, some of these homes will do, you know, half a million dollars a year in rental income. And so they're buying. So it was just high net worth people. So we wanted to be able to cater to them, you know, to everyone, but I wanted to give our, everyone a fighting chance for that, you know, three to $10 million home. And so mm-hmm. that's kind of, we brought them here and um, it's been good. Interesting that you, that you looked and saw where you're, you don't hear a lot of agents even even with a short or the you know six seven years in the business you don't hear a lot of agents talk about feeder markets and that's something mm-hmm. that's very um unique to we're in um a couple of resort markets and yeah. they're the lifeblood like you you have to know where your people are coming from and usually yeah. it's probably eight to ten larger markets that are driving the majority of the people especially in vacations yeah. people vacation in the same yeah. spots that their neighbors do and yeah. their neighbors you know the whole state of um, Illinois, I'm, we always, I grew up outside of Chicago. We always went to Florida for vacation. We never went yeah. to Myrtle Beach. Yeah. And right. so it, it's interesting. Yeah. So we we make sure to be connected to Nashville, Dallas, Oklahoma city, all around here, Birmingham, Atlanta, Houston, all these cities. But now we're seeing it from people come from California, Columbus, you know, New York. So we're seeing it really, really grow. Like it kind of was a, secret at the time like not a big deal but now it's kind of like people are from all over coming yeah it's blown up okay mm-hmm. so so you started the um the we'll call a franchise you started the company yep. and yep. um it was just you and your team then uh-huh. where was was is the where you're at now 
when you're looking at growth, what's that mean mm -hmm. for what you're doing? Is it team related? Is it growing the business with agent? Is it investing? So it's three, uh, it's kind of three different things. I keep it, I try to keep it separate. So I look at my team volume, I look at the company volume and then, uh, the personal investing side and I kind of run them all, you know, together. And so growth wise, we're like, it's a very competitive. And so, you know, I want to be number, be top as I, you know, as high as I can in sales and the brokers don't want to be number one and all that kind of stuff. And then investing the same way. So I'm looking at growth in all of them. Uh, you know, I have the right people to kind of help me. So I've got Libby uh, Rusin who helps run the brokerage here for me. And she helps us keep on the right page, add the right people, make sure our support system's there. And while I know that's in good hands, I see, I do high level, you know, conversation stuff and high level decisions and finances and where we're moving and who we're adding and stuff like that. So I keep my hand in that and see where we are production wise. And then I really focus on the sales side and investing side. That's the majority of my time. Um, but uh, I don't know if that answers your question, but we, we try to grow significantly in all of them. And, uh, you know, this year as a company, we'll try to hit a billion as a team. We're going to try to hit 500 million. Um, then the investing side, we're just always trying to grow in that. Yeah. Realm. So on the, on your personal team, are you still yeah. in production? Yes, I am. Yep. So I, I am, I mainly handle listings. I've got, you know, my team members will help me with those listings. We've got um, some people that help us with showings and we've got people that handle the buyers, the open houses, the calls, leverage our numbers, our production, um, you know, and the brand to help get more listings. And then that's kind of our, our model. Got it. So I, I mean, I'm in production. I don't do a ton. You know, I don't do a ton of like showings and stuff like that. But um, you know, I'm still actively helping them. Yeah, and it seems like um, it seems like everybody once they start, once you get to that point where you get stabilized, and then you actually have some some residual income, and then you start buying some investment. It seems like everybody wants to get out of production because they're just like, you know, I just don't want to do this stuff, but you know, Greg and I both are still in production at some level. We're not going out mm -hmm. and making 30 contacts a day like we were yep. this year in business. Yep. But yep. the two benefits is that I don't think anybody can have the pulse of the market unless yep. you, as well as you can is if you're in it, you're actually yep. in the market. I think that's yep. one huge thing. And mm -hmm. I got to assume that your team has got, you know, you've got a level of credibility with them because you're not the guy just sitting here and saying, hey, go do this. You're actually yeah. doing it alongside them. Are you? Do you see that? For sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah, you have to. If you, if I were to step out of production, I just feel like it would, you know, take a massive hit, right? And so I've got my, you know, finger on the pulse. I know, and that helps me with investing too. If I'm building a spec yeah. home and all of that, it just runs together. Uh, but yeah, I'm running beside them and doing the stuff they're doing, sending out the same stuff. So and the stuff I'm handing them, I'm, you know, stuff either I've nurtured or whatever that I've got my finger on that I can, you know, pass on to them. Got it. So you mentioned um, a couple of times ultra competitive, which I don't think yep. you can, you can't reach a high level of uh, performance in anything without being competitive. What are, what are right. a couple other things that you think have allowed you to, um, you know, to make the jumps in terms of the production, not only sales wise, but what you're doing with the investments and stuff, what allowed you to kind of make that transition into this industry? I mean, really, I think the Lord has just opened up some doors that we've just been able to walk through and really see opportunity that we've just been able to take advantage of and um, just really be able to see things that, you know, make sense to me and just um, really help me. But I mean, I, I think all the success just really comes from the Lord and being able to walk through that and kind of see see that 
um, and see the opportunities. But yeah, but along with that, you have to be competitive. You have to be diligent. You have to be um, put in the work, put in the hours, make the calls and do all that stuff. And then over time, that stuff transitions to or uh, transfers to, you know, hopefully income or listings or whatever. Yeah. And now that you're on, you know, you're in the production side of it and, the, and you've shown that you can actually do it, but you're, you're growing your team, you're growing your company. Have you mm-hmm. seen any correlation you spent, you know, you, you, you did, you mentioned it in passing, but you spent um, some time at higher level um, sports and athletics, your division mm-hmm. one football player played in the pros mm-hmm. for a bit and mm-hmm. So did, have you seen a correlation between what it takes to perform at a high level in, you know, it could be sports or anything else and yeah. what it takes to perform at a high level in, in real estate? Yeah, it's a direct correlation. I think, I think it would go with anything, but especially in this business, because you learn how to train, what do you have to do to, to succeed? You learn how to lose, you learn how to win. You've got the competitive nature the hours it takes to put in to be successful. Like it's a direct correlation. You just have to shift your mindset to say, it's not my physical body. It's this. If you can make that, um, I mean, it's, it's the same exact thing. It's just a, it's just a different, different mindset of what you're training and what you're trying to win at. Yeah. But it, it goes hand in hand. Yeah. And we sit with the people we, sorry, we sit with the people we hire. If they're in sports and they're competitive, I mean, it's just, you just see something different, you know? Yeah. hundred yeah, percent. I remember um, just sitting down with, uh, cause I was, I came from the corporate world before I got in the industry and um, you know, I, I was, I didn't want to leave. And even though I had big aspirations, I had a pretty good salary and I didn't want to leave one day and go to zero overnight. So I had to be sure of where I was ending up. And I yeah. sat down with Greg and I asked him, um, what, why do people, I think either said, why do I people fail or, or what's it going to take for me to actually be a success? You know, if, what do I need to do? And he said, right. just very clear. He didn't have to think about it. He said, there's three things. He said, first is you got to be coachable. And he uh-huh. said, did you play sports? I said, yeah. He said, then did you, did you understand that when you showed up, somebody was showing you how to do it the right way? And you just said, okay, I'll do that coach. Mm-hmm. I said, yeah, I did that mm-hmm. plenty of times. Perfect. Yeah. So being coachable. The second one yeah. is you got to be competitive. Doesn't mean you don't know how to lose. You're a sore loser, but you have to want to win at this yeah. game. It's a game and yeah. you have to yeah. want to win. You can win yeah. fair, you can lose fair, but you've got to have that competitive advantage. And yeah. then yeah. the third one is you got to be willing to work some sort of schedule. And, you know, you don't show up for practice, you don't play. You yeah. don't show up for the game, exactly you're out. Right. You don't do your schoolwork, you're out. Yeah. So, yeah. Those he things nailed it there. really, they resonated, you know, you got to hundred percent. And you see the people that succeed with the company are here from nine to five Monday yeah. to Friday and they're doing the open house. And like, if you don't have that kind of schedule, like the people that aren't succeeding with the company, you can point to it. I mean, it's, yeah. it's clear cut. If you want to succeed, you can't. Right. Yeah. Um, but no, that's, he hit it right on the head there. Yeah. So where are you going? Where are you going now? Like when you see, obviously in a short period of time, what you've been able to create, what's the, what's the next five-year vision that you've got? I mean, you're in a, you're in an incredible market. Um, you know, it's kind of sky's the limit, I think, but what are, what are your priorities right now? Um, really growing, you know, growing the company. I want the company to be as successful as possible. I want it to be the number one company I want to expand. You know, I want to have the right people. We have a great culture of people within the company. I want to keep that and add the right people and grow the right way. Um, so that's number one is just getting it to where it's just, you know, 
a really, really well-oiled machine with the right people. Uh, um, and then with the team, you know, probably keep growing here and then uh, expanding into other markets potentially. Um, but want to get the team kind of sustainable without me right now. It's, it's not, um, not that I want to get out of production, but I want to be able to be sustainable without me. Uh, so I then can go focus on if I want to go to, you know, Wyoming or Aspen mm-hmm. or whatever it is and sell there, you know, um, and just kind of have some of that. So that's, that's really where we're going. Just can continue to, to go, uh, upwards. Just, just duplicate and, and, uh, just pick the next location. Try to try to do it again. Yeah. Got it. So I'm interested here in a market like this, where I, I think there's a there's always a direct correlation between at least with the consumer, consumer confidence is through the roof for sellers. So the value proposition that agents bring is tougher and tougher because the sellers all think, you know, all you got to do is put a sign in, put it on the MLS, it's going to sell. So it's right. kind of the same with agents when you're when you're talking to an agent. What's your what's a value proposition that you've got for your new agents that they're because they all, you know, people are getting in the business and making a few hundred thousand dollars their first year. And a lot of yep. that's market driven. So how yep. do you bring value and grow, you know, people that, you know, are going to be around in that type of environment? Um, I think it's, um, you know, I think what, what we do is. uh you know, because if a new agent comes here and to compete in this market in a two or three million dollar listing or whatever it is, um, and this is kind of why we have the brands like, all right, they instantly they don't have any credibility, they've got nothing, but you've got the company numbers to leverage. It's like, hey, if you give us an opportunity, we'll get you in Wall Street Journal, Mansions Global, New York Times. Um, we have this exposure in this feeder market, we can do this, this, and this. We have all the options for them, so all their inexperience for a new agent is kind of away I and mean, these cut it away you eliminate 99.9 percent of the competition because of the company you're you're joining and what you can offer them and so most of these people are high net worth individuals they want to have a company that's recognized that's going to get them in mansions global that's going to get them in dupont registry and all that kind of stuff so being able to provide that instantly without ever selling a home mm. um, you really eliminate most of the competition yeah makes sense and you know for those listening whether or not it's Bo giving that new agent that information to cover with them, that's that's part of their package. The reality mm-hmm. is it comes down to being able to actually speak with confidence on what you do. And so when I ask, yeah. what's, what's your value proposition for your agents? Bo knows exactly what it is. Now, that might yeah. not be everything to every single agent. Somebody might not even mm-hmm. have thought of that. But when right. they hear him say, well, this is what we give our agents, they're like, wow, that makes a lot of sense. Your sellers yeah. and your buyers yeah. are the same way. It's not about what yeah. you say. It's about how you deliver it and the fact that yep. you know the answer. Right, right. And so, and for new agents, what I tell them is that, hey, you have the opportunity to make as much as money as you want. But so you can take these tools. You're going to have every tool you can ever think of to be successful. But if you don't know the market and can't speak with confidence and know every detail, you know, what's old off market? What's the price per foot instantly? You know, these savvy people are going to be able to sniff out that you don't know what you're doing. You're, you're dead. Right. right. So, um, but if you have those two things, like there's no reason um, you can't be successful. Yeah. Anything unique for, um, for those that might be thinking, you know what, I'm tired of being in the middle of nowhere, this little town and, you know, there's X amount of transactions. I, I hear about these resort markets. Um, what do you think is unique about being able to operate in, I know I've got my ideas, but what do you think is unique about 
um, operating as a real estate professional in these resort markets? Uh, it's different. I can't imagine selling a in a uh, non-resort market. You know, I thought about that. You know, not too long. It's like I don't even know how you function here. Like, so we we show on turn days when renters are checking out, and we, you know, there's times we never even meet the owner. Like, we just did a deal. You know, barely were in the house, barely met the owner, haven't even met the owner. You know, and just like selling that way, it's all virtually and. Um, you know, so it's just, it's different. And, um, you know, I don't know, I don't know how to, I guess it's just, it's just, um, it's unique. It's, uh, the turnover's crazy high because they're second homes and they want to upgrade and get closer to the beach or get on the beach or downsize. It's just crazy turnover. Um, you don't meet them all. You don't meet the people a lot. You, you know, you don't, um, everything's sold furnished. It's just, it's just really, really different. I don't know if yeah. that answers it. But. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it hits several of the points that as I look back, I go, I could have ended up anywhere. And I think I would have found, you know, I would have figured out, would have had success doing what, what I did here. But the it's so efficient because you show up, you know, if you're going to do some sort of generating in this business in a resort market, you show up and everybody that doesn't live in the market that they own a property wants to know what's going on. So oh, there's yeah. never a call or a conversation where somebody's not interested in what you have to talk about with an exactly. update. It could be a mailer, could be an email drip, could be a phone yeah. call. They all want to know. And yeah. we we have clients all the time. We I, I probably have not met, I probably have not met 60 to 70 percent of my clients over yeah. 15 years oh, because yeah. of yeah. that. And yeah. you know, you can be pretty efficient with that. And I think the the other part that has just, it forced me to understand more than, I like the backyard, I like the curtains, I like this, I like the school district. People are spending money on stuff that even when they tell you, eh, it's just a second home, I don't need to rent it. It's a numbers game. And you have to oh, understand yeah. the investment side of this business oh, yeah. in a resort market. And you're forced to. 100%. But you, I mean, you touched on something good there about like having a conversation or a cold call with somebody. I don't care where you're from. And, you know, like I think if, uh, if I'm in a primary market, I figure I'd have to know everybody, all the doctors and create all of this loyalty, you know, which you want here, but it just seems like exhausting because there's going to be, oh yeah, my cousin lives here and blah, 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 blah. Like here, it's like, you can call someone from, you know, California, you never met before. Like, oh yeah, I like your proposition, whatever. And just list with you. It's just much, much different. I just don't know what it would be like in a primary market. Yeah. And I, I would be willing to bet that if we sent each other, you know, a CMA for a neighborhood and, and gave it a couple hours, then we could probably hold each other's appointments and have a good shot at securing the listing. Just because yeah. it, give me the give me the market data. The conversation is yeah. going to be the same, figuring out motivation yeah. and it's yeah. a second home. So, it, you know, that's. Yeah. That's pretty empowering when you know, you know what? I think I'm tired of South Carolina. Maybe I need to move here. Maybe I need to yep. move here. It's just yep. rinse and repeat. Yep, 100%, 100%. Awesome. Well, hey, I, I really appreciate you hopping on. I think you've uh, you've given uh, a lot of great points for, for some good takeaways and stuff for our audience. So I appreciate that. If there's somebody out there that is, you know, whether they're looking at coming down and buying something, um, beautiful, beautiful beaches, beautiful area, or they're maybe somewhere close by or moving in and, and decide maybe I need to get into this business and and um, you sound like you're a good fit. How do people get a hold of you? What's the best way to reach out to you? 
and my phone number is easy. So I'm always on my phone. Um, so I don't know if that's going to be in the link or anything. Um, but the phone number, my email, Instagram, Blankenship Group, um, our website, blankenshipgrp.com. Um, you can get us at all of those. You send us any kind of message, Facebook, Instagram, any of that, and we'll, we'll get to you ASAP. Okay. Awesome. Well, again, I appreciate it. And uh, hopefully we'll cross paths again. I, I said before we started recording, that's on the list of places my wife and I want to uh, to get down to. But it's kind of like Myrtle Beach. There's no easy way to get there. It's just uh, so we got yeah. to get that on the schedule, though. Yeah. Well, man, thanks for having me on. I really, really appreciate it. You're welcome. And for uh, for our audience, thank you guys again for uh, checking in. And please go ahead and re- leave us a review, subscribe, and it allows us to uh, to continue to get great guests like Bo. And, um, you know, the reviews, whether they're good, bad, indifferent, it's okay because we're going to take a look at them and, and use them to improve the, uh, the content that we're bringing you. So until next time, from Greg and I, thank you so much, and uh, we'll talk to you soon.